One of the best things I ever did for myself was to register for the DNA surprise retreat last year. It was shortly after I found out about my DNA surprise and my ethnicity shift. The retreat was a place of community and friendship and understanding and learning that I was not alone. I learned skills to manage the shock and I was learning to begin to heal. I was so surprised that many people were going through the very same thing or similar circumstances. I was surprised by the empathy and the care that I received. I was surprised in a lot of other good ways. Is there any way you can go to the retreat this year? I can highly recommend it in every way. Let your story begin. Let your healing begin. Whether you just uncovered your DNA surprise or you've been on this journey for a while, the DNA Surprise Retreat is for you. Registration is open now. Join us from September 19th through the 22nd, 2024, just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. You can reserve your space at dnasurpriseretreat.com. I'll see you there. I'm learning to like get out of my comfort zone a little bit and realize that I can just be who I am and people can love and appreciate me for that and that I don't need to worry so much about it and that it's a big deal, but it's not a big deal at the same time. Like you got to let yourself move forward. And if I want to have a part in their life, that's the only way that it's going to happen. Imagine spitting into a tube, sending off your DNA, and unknowingly turning your life upside down. For me and thousands of others, this is our reality. I'm your host, Alexis Auerselt. In July of 2021, I discovered that I am an NPE, someone who has experienced a non-paternal event. In other words, my biological father isn't who I thought he was. This podcast shares the journeys of people who were shocked by a DNA discovery, mostly through modern DNA testing. We're telling the stories of NPEs, adoptees, and donor-conceived people and their families. This is DNA Surprises. Wendy was just eight years old when her mother told her that she was an NPE, but it wasn't until much later that she learned the true identity of her biological father. In this week's episode, Wendy tells the story of how she came to learn the truth and how she's currently processing her journey. Thanks for sharing your story, Wendy. I'm Wendy. I am 37 and I'm from Utah. So I was, when I was growing up as a kid, I was raised by my dad. My brother and I lived with him and um, my mom lived in Salt Lake. Or she kind of moved around. Um, we didn't see her a lot. Their divorce was like really a bad divorce Mm -hmm. they were really bitter towards each other it made things really hard and one day I don't I don't remember why my mom even told me but we had gone with her for a weekend and she ended up telling me that my dad wasn't my real dad and I could go live with her if I wanted to which is really manipulative but I don't think she understood that at the time she was really young Mm -hmm. you know and very um spoiled by her parents How old were you at that when she told you? So I was eight. I was eight years old. And it's so weird how it used to all be so like 
just fresh in my mind, but I think that I've kind of just like tried not to remember all of it, mm-hmm. you know, like I've just like moved on from it in my mind, which when I, you know, we'll get to that later, but it kind of got all brought back up and it made it kind of difficult for me. But she told me I went home. I didn't tell my dad. Um, my relationship with my dad is he never yelled at us. he never spanked us. His disappointment alone <laughs> was enough to make you feel so ashamed. And so I didn't say anything to him because I felt scared and I felt um, unsure of if it was the truth or not. You know, I didn't know what to believe. I was just like so taken aback by it. And then I think I did have like a small identity crisis, yeah. <laughs> you know, really hard to deal with. And one day my dad got angry at me. And I remember I wrote a note on my bedroom wall that I was running away because he wasn't my real dad. And he found it. And I never actually left. Like he found it before I could leave. And I remember him coming into my room and comforting me and telling me that he wasn't my real dad, but he was my dad. And that didn't matter. So he knew? Yeah, he knew. He was actually the first man in the state of Utah to ever get custody of a child that wasn't biologically his. Wow. So it's an interesting situation. Yeah, he knew. He found out when I was five. So my, my mom got pregnant with me and she was kind of dating around, dating my dad at the same time. But as far as I'm aware, she knew that he wasn't my dad, but she told him that I was his kid. They got married and they had me and then they had my brother, Jeremiah, they had him and then they got divorced. And when they got divorced, when my dad was awarded custody of me and my brother in the courtroom, my mom stood up and she said, he can't have my daughter. He's not her real father. So that's how he found out, you know, they had to take a recess. We had to get blood tests done and it came back that he wasn't, there's no chance (laughs) that he was. And we still went to live with him though. But something that I can't understand is at that point, didn't they wonder who it was? Right. Nobody wondered who it was. They didn't make an attempt to find out who it was. The judge didn't. The lawyers didn't, my dad didn't, and my mom was of no help either because she thought she knew who it was and she didn't want anyone to know who it was. Okay. Why did she not want anyone to know? She thought that my real father was a man named and he was my grandmother's best friend's husband. Oh my goodness. Okay. So she was 17 and he was like 34 and he had an affair with my mom, which I feel was predatory. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And she didn't want my grandparents to know. And that's who she thought it was. And then that's, she ended up telling my dad and I found out and my dad offered to take me to meet him. You know, he's like, this is who your mom says it is. I don't know if I believe her or not, but that's what we have to go on. And if you want to go meet him, I'll take you. He lived in Spanish Fort, um, Payson area, which is, was like 15 minutes from where I grew up in Santa Quinn. But I, I couldn't, I didn't want to, I felt like I was going to disappoint my dad. And now in hindsight, I'm glad that I felt that way because I would have hated to go and meet this man who I had thought was my real father, but he's really not. Was your father, your dad, 
encouraging of you to meet him or was it, you know, was it an external pressure that led you to not want to meet him or, you know, where did that come from? I just think that because of the way that my parents were with each other, that it created this issue within myself of where I was never able to voice my needs and I wasn't able to accept um, this other man. And I really did not want to disappoint or hurt my dad at all. And I felt in a way that it would hurt. I knew it would change everything. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, even though I was so young, there was a part of me that knew that if I did this, everything would be changed forever. And I just, I had a lot of emotional trauma as a child. And I just don't think that I could do it. And it was easy for me to be like, well, I don't want to disappoint my dad. So I'm not going to do this to take any of that pressure off of myself, but also still to this day, I have a hard time. I don't want to disappoint my dad still. You know, we don't really talk about the situation. It's not easy for either of us to bring up. It's just really emotionally hard. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a hard situation. And so I think all the pressure came from myself. Okay. I don't think it was anybody else because, you know, he's like, I'll take you to meet him. We talked about it one time and we never talked about it again after I said, no, I didn't want to. Okay. So at five years old, your dad finds out that he is not your biological father. At eight years old, your mom tells you that your dad is not your biological father. You decide that you don't want to meet and then fast forward and you decide that you do want to meet him. Yes. So I actually ended up going to live with my mom when I was about 12. So I went and I lived with her and my stepdad and my other siblings. I have two. So besides Jeremiah, I have two other younger boy siblings and one girl sibling. And so I was living with them and I became curious because I, I was curious the whole time. You know, I would, I was that kid that would like lay in bed at night and think about who these people were and want to meet them. And I felt like there was a huge part of myself missing. I feel like I didn't know who I was because of this. And I felt very out of place with both of my families because of that. Like none of my siblings look like me. I don't look like any of them. Even my half siblings, we all just look so drastically different. And I didn't know where to fit. You know, I, and so I decided I wanted to meet him and my mom and my grandmother set it up. And cause by this time people had found out in my family, my mom wasn't able to keep it a secret forever. So my, they set it up, we went to his house and I was, up, it was in between when 12 and 13, when we went there and we go in and his wife who had been his wife before so it's the same lady she's not a very nice lady um he had died three days before we went to meet him and she threw this death certificate down in my mom's lap and she said died from cancer three days ago and to me that just was so cruel like you could have just called and told us and we wouldn't have came either way it's going to be devastating but the way that she did it was just devastating you know and my mom made me go outside to the car and they had a conversation. I don't really know what was said. I'm sure it was nothing good, but she had told me and while we were there, you know, he's not your real father. Your mom's lying. I believe that my mom really believed that he was, mm-hmm. you know, so 
it wasn't true, but I don't believe she was lying either. Right. And so after that, I just, I kind of put it out of my mind. I knew that he had kids. My mom couldn't remember their names. And my grandma said she couldn't remember either. I don't know if they, I don't know how much I believe that, but okay. <laughs> I eventually found them somehow. I think somehow I had done a search on him after the internet had become a bigger thing because at that time it wasn't. You couldn't just get online and look somebody up. And so after a few years, when the internet was bigger, I searched him and I found all sorts of personal information on him, like his address, his phone number, his social security number, his obituary. And I ended up finding his kids. And I didn't do anything with the information really for a long time. I just kind of sat on it. It had already been so long that I was like, I don't need to rush this. Did you have a curiosity? Did you ask your mom or grandma questions about him to try to learn more about yourself at that time? I did a little bit, not as much as I would have wanted to, because anytime it got brought up, they don't like him, you know? And so I always heard about all the bad stuff, you know, like my grandpa would tell me that he was a skirt chaser, which I love that word. I think it's hilarious, but he literally would say that he's a skirt chaser and I can understand why they didn't like him. It's she was a child in their eyes and they feel like he took advantage, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't think that they understood that those bad things that they were saying were like shutting me down and making me question myself as a person. And like, well, if he's such a bad person, then what do they think of me? He is my father, Mm -hmm. you know? And I know they loved me. Like I was very close with my grandparents. My grandpa was like another dad to me. And so I know they weren't doing it to hurt me. I just don't think that they understood that it did. And so. Did you reach out to the, to the siblings at any point? Yeah. So I did. Um, I Facebook messaged his son, the boy, and he didn't read it for two years. Oh my gosh. It just goes to your other folder. So after two years, like one day I was just messing around on Facebook and I had this message and I opened it and I was like, oh my gosh, he finally messaged me back. And he was he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't even realize you had messaged me because we weren't friends. So it didn't go to his direct, his direct Facebook messenger. And so it was a trip and he is a really nice guy. He just accepted it. He was like, well, I believe it. I guess I have another sister and it felt really good for him to accept it in that way. And I ended up talking to um, the daughter and I ended up talking to um, sister. They're really nice people. They're great people. We never got a chance to meet. It just didn't work out, Mm -hmm. which also I think is kind of a blessing because I I wouldn't want to get like emotionally attached to somebody and then find out all over again, you know, which in a way I kind of did get emotionally attached, but not too much. Right. But we were, we had decided that we were going to do a test, um, his sister and I, just so we could confirm it just because I wanted to know hundred percent for sure. I wasn't willing to just believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to, I had to know, Um, She had a devastating house fire though, right in the middle of it. And so I just decided to go at it alone. I didn't want to put any pressure on her or make her feel stressed about the situation. So I said, I'm just going to go get my own ancestry test. Like, I don't know why I haven't done this 
like it's been around forever just go freaking do it and I did and I just I waited and I waited and it took so long to come back it felt like years (laughs) ages right yeah yeah so it was so strange I have the app downloaded on my phone so I could just pull it up and look at it and one day I pulled it up and my results were in and I got really anxious and I got on there and it was like here's your biological father and then my phone glitched and the app all shut down oh my gosh (laughs) it's like you have every possible twist here yeah it was so weird it was so I got to look at it for like four seconds before that happened and so I was like maybe I didn't see that right maybe it's maybe it was something else maybe that's like an uncle or something (laughs) so I and I was just sitting in my garage I was all alone and I just got back on my phone and I pulled it up and I was like who in the hell is this? Like, I was dumbfounded. I was dumbfounded because I fully expected that it was going to be somebody from family and they have a very um, unusual last name. Mm-hmm. So I knew it wasn't anybody to do with him. And I was like, what's going on? So I screenshot it and my real father also has a very unusual last name. So I screenshot it and I send it to my mom. And she immediately calls me and she's like, it's a mistake. I don't know who that is. I have no idea. It's a mistake. And I was like, um, all right. So I got on with Ancestry customer service and I asked them, how often does the, do mistakes happen? Is there any way that this could be a mistake? And they're like, well, has your mom tested? Um, or did, you know, did the guy who she thought it was have a bone marrow transplant? Or something like mm-hmm. that and I said okay well I don't know I'll find out he hadn't I asked his sister and he had never had anything like that and they told me there's no mistake it can't be a mistake it's not possible especially like maybe if it was my eighth cousin mm-hmm. but when it's in the direct parental line there's no mistake and it was really high our what is it the CMS yeah. it was really high <laughs> so Oh, that, that denial though, right? I think that's so common among all of us is that it must be a mistake somehow. It's, it's gotta be a mistake. Yeah, she was bored. And I think part of her still thinks it's a mistake because she doesn't remember him and he didn't remember her at first either. Okay. So they only went on one date. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like 17 and they probably had drinks or something. They both just a little bit at that time in their life he has completely changed his life and he's completely different than he was as a teenager as my mom has as well Mm -hmm. but you know they were teenagers and they never I guess maybe they didn't hit it off or they went their separate ways something really funny though is when I met him when he came to my house he told me that he had seen my mom after that when I was probably a, a toddler three or four and we were in an orange blazer and that's how I know that he's telling the truth because my dad drove an orange blazer mm-hmm. and we had that for a while and that he saw us at this drive-through and he saw this kid in the back and he was like thinking that he's like that is, could that be my kid so he had this weird insight and then he just kind of put it out of his mind because he didn't think it was possible mm-hmm. you know 
And I think that he just kind of forgot about it. Like when I, I sent him a picture of my mom when she was 16 and then he remembered her, but just at the first he didn't, you know? And so it kind of like jogged that memory for him. And I think how strange is that? Like, what if he would have took this initiative to find out, but why would you, you it's just weird. It's weird how like gut feelings and stuff are in work. Yeah. But it's like you believe what you're told. So if he wasn't told there's a chance of this or anything like that, you wouldn't believe it. So backing up to before you met him, how did you reach out to him? Did you contact him right away? Did you wait? I did. I kind of lost my mind a little bit because it's unlike me to jump the gun. I like to think things through a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I was just like, now that I know, I need to know. I need to meet this person. I need to see if I look like him, if I look like any of his kids, if he, like, I need to know all of this. I can't possibly wait one more moment. And so I immediately messaged him on the ancestor site and he, he didn't message me back. And so I was like, well, I can understand, you know, I can understand the not messaging back. That's what I was thinking in my head. Um, but I wasn't going to have it. I was like, if you don't want to know me, fine. But if you have kids and stuff and that's their choice, not yours. So I felt really hurt and really angry. Mm -hmm. And so I went on Facebook and I found him on Facebook and I messaged him on Facebook and I friend requested him because I didn't want the same thing to happen right. where he didn't see them. He didn't want to wait two, two years. years. Yeah. Yeah. And he still never messaged me back. And it, I can't remember how long I waited, but I also matched with a brother of his on there. And so I went on to Ancestry and I, and I messaged him on there and he immediately messaged me back. And he's like, hey, I'm going to call and I'm going to talk to him because he's really busy and he doesn't really use Facebook and he hasn't used Ancestry in years. Mm -hmm. So he probably hasn't even seen your messages. And I did also message one of my brothers and he never messaged me back. Uh, when I messaged him, I think he was probably in shock. I had screenshotted the results and sent pictures and stuff because I didn't want them to think I was just some coop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. A weirdo. Yeah. Like, you know, because I would be floored. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So Chad messaged and almost immediately he messaged me back on Facebook. And he was like, I have been faithful to my wife since we've been married, I don't know how this could be possible because of the dates. And I was like, well, I don't know either. So I emailed Ancestry again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, is there any way this could be a mistake? This guy doesn't know my mom. He's been faithful to his wife. He seems like a great guy. I know people lie, but I have no reason to disbelieve him. He seems really truthful and genuine. Mm -hmm. And so could this be a mistake? I don't want to ruin someone's life. Like, please just, I need reassurance. And they were like, there's no way he is. He's your father. <laughs> okay. And so I sent him the messages from ancestry. And in that time, I think he must have went and looked up and looked for himself, like about how DNA and CMMs and all that work with ancestry. And he was like, yeah, there's like, no denying it pretty much. And so I don't know if the, he was thinking about the dates wrong or what, but it turns out 
he has been faithful to his wife since they were married. He's a really great guy. It was before they met and he met her soon after my mom and they fell in love and he changed his whole life mm. and he's been a great husband and a great dad and his kids love him and think he's the best thing ever. So I love that. That makes me happy because I would much rather have that than what I thought it was. Right. A predatory kind of situation. So when did you find out all of this? When did you discover that was actually your father? In June. Okay. So recent for you. How long after finding each other and connecting did you get a chance to meet? Um, It was pretty fast. They live um, in Utah County. I live in the in the basin in um, Duchesne County. So we don't live very far. It's ours, but not too far. And he, so I think it was maybe two weeks. Okay. We met. And I was worried because I, I psyched myself out because I was worried about how his wife would feel. I was trying to think, how would I feel, you know? about it. And I think I would be really accepting, but I think it would be hard because it's a huge change, you know? And so I was really worried about how she would feel about it. And I was worried about how the kids would feel about it, about a different older sibling. I'm older than all of them, obviously. And so I read all of these um, experiences that people had wrote for online um, from that, the woman's point of view, when a child is found and it made me really scared because they a lot of them were not happy they were angry and un- unaccepting but then I also read you know a point of view from a woman where the child was an absolute nightmare after they it came, that person came into their life yeah you know so I wanted to be really mindful of that I didn't want anybody to feel upset or overwhelmed or like I was just gonna come in and disrupt their whole life and I also was afraid of my life being disrupted because it's it was scary for me I don't know how everything's gonna change I don't know what's gonna happen and I like to have control (laughs) over my life and I felt very out of control and so I feel like I maybe was like like a little standoffish I was very adamant that I didn't want to feel overwhelmed and so I think that made them be fearful that they were going to make me feel overwhelmed. So I wish I would have thought about it and went about it in a different way, kind of, but it still worked out really great. His wife is amazing. We're friends on Facebook. She's, you know, a beautiful, beautiful soul. Her kids love her. They're a great family, which is very intimidating to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But so I met him first. He came to my house and he met with me and my partner, um, at our house, which was the most comfortable for me. I didn't want to go anywhere else to meet. Um, I really, I, I think I resemble him, but I don't also. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. I, his eyes make me feel like I'm looking into my own eyes. But that's it. I think maybe we have the same color of eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the same shape or something. Uh-huh. And then, um, not, not long after that, I think it was in August, um, his family, they were all camping up. There's like a big resort type of camping spot up in the mountain above Vernal. I can't remember what it's called. Mm -hmm. They were up there camping and they invited us to go up there and have dinner. And so I got to meet a couple. That's when I met his wife. 
that's when I met a couple of the siblings. I um, haven't met all of them. There's one still that I haven't met. He lives in St. George. Okay. And him and his wife are super busy. And so we never have had the chance yet, but I'm hoping that we will be able to soon. The weird thing is, is like, I've met them. They're all great people. We don't really talk that much though. And I wish that we would, but I don't really know what to say. And it makes it hard. I don't want to be this person in their life. That's always like demanding of their time. Mm -hmm. But I do wish that we could get together more and talk more. They're all busy. They have businesses and stuff. So they're pretty busy. I I work time and I have um, five kids. I have one stepson and then I have four biological children and one, two of those out of those five are adults, but we are busy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what does a relationship with your newfound family look like to you? Like, what would you like to see? Well, I would like to hang out with them more. I'd like to get to know them more and, you know, be able to do activities, let my kids know their other cousins and my, I would like for my kids to know their other grandpa works out of town a lot. So he's not even home that much. So that makes it hard. And um, one of my brothers lives in Salt Lake with his family and one lives in St. George. And then two of the other siblings live in the Spanish Fork area. So it would be easier to see them. Part of the issue for me, I think, is because they're very LDS. I am very not LDS. And so I feel it's hard for me because I get worried about that. I don't know how to really verbalize it, but it's a worry for me that they've been really nice and accepting, but it's, I can't really explain it. It's it's so scary to me because I'm not LDS and I'm never going to be LDS. I don't have anything against it, but it's just not right for me. Did you grow up in it? I grew up going to church with my grandparents, with my dad's parents, but I quit going when I was 12 because I had a lot of bad experiences with Mm -hmm. people. And so I didn't like it. And I felt more judged by them than I did of other people for sure. Yeah. What about your, your mom and your dad that raised you? Are they part of the church? No, my dad left the church as soon as he was able. He he hates it. He hates the church. My mom, um, so even though my grand grandpa is from Utah, my grandma is actually from California. And my grandparents met when my grandpa was enlisted in the um, Air Force. And they my mom grew up mostly in California. And so they weren't raised LDS. Okay. But they would they're like they believe in God and stuff, but they don't practice. Right. Well, I know that that's just a huge part of the culture in, in Utah and Arizona, where I'm from. It's it's yeah. large here, too, as well. Does your biological father know that you're not part of the church and not interested in it? Yeah, I told him. And I didn't really, like, delve too much into it at first. You know, it's just like, I'm not LDS. But eventually, I got to this point of where I, I feel like I needed to be really honest with him about things. And I just told him, I wrote him a a text and I was like, I just feel like I need to get this off my chest. Like I drink, I've not been perfect. I don't, I'm, I will never go to church. I just don't believe in it. My spirituality is different than what LDS can usually accept. And 
I'm never going to do those things. And I hope that you guys can be okay with that. And he, you know, he was good about it. He, I think he was worried. He texted me back and asked if I was okay. And I said, yes, I'm okay. I just needed you to know that because I don't want to build a relationship with you on false pretenses. Right. I just think that you needed to know that about me. So I think for us as NPEs, honesty becomes of the utmost importance, right? And yeah, yeah, the not building your relationship on false pretenses, that's something that our lives were kind of built on. So exactly. it's really important to know the truth. So that's yeah. great that you were so open with him. Have you spent any time kind of wondering how your life might have been different had you known about him and maybe been raised by him instead of your dad? I do think about it all the time. And it makes me feel really guilty to even entertain the thought. Mm -hmm. It feels like I'm being disloyal to my dad, but I realize I'm not being disloyal. I love my dad. I was raised by my dad and it's only natural that I would wonder, you know, about how things would be different and they would have been completely different. I would have been raised um, half by somebody who was going to church every weekend who had four other kids instead of just me and my brother at home, you know, like it would have been a very different experience. And I know that would have been better. I don't know. I have no idea about that. You right. know, right. It's just different. My dad was a really great dad. And it, I mean, I just, I think about, he took, he didn't have to have me. He could have been like, well, I'm just going to keep my son. I don't know what you're going to do with this kid, you know? And so he raised me even though he knew I wasn't his kid. I'm, he's still my dad to this day. He's my my kid's grandparent. You know, like I'm spending Thanksgiving with him and with my partner's family. And it's he's my dad. I can't think any differently about it. And I wish that I could have like had all of them. You know, that would be my ultimate wish is that I could have had my dad and my mom. And, and that, that would have been a workable situation. And maybe it would have if my parents would have thought about what they were doing instead of just making decisions that they thought were best for me without thinking about how I would feel about it, mm -hmm. which, you know, I'm, I am a little mad at them about it. I can't help it. Yeah. I feel like stole something from me without thinking about how I felt about it. And when I think about that, and then I think about their divorce was very bad. It was a very bad um, situation and they were not nice about each other or to each other. And it really made a lasting impact on me as a person and in my life. And I think their bitterness, when I think about their bitterness and then I think about the decisions that they made, it makes me very angry. And I feel like I under, I can understand why my dad was mad. I can understand why he had resentment and I can understand why my mom was angry and I can understand why she made the decisions that she did. But at the same time, I cannot understand. I can't, you know, I'm just like so blown away by what I think of as their selfishness. Mm -hmm. I haven't really talked to them about this. You know, I don't, because of the way that we were raised, I have an emotionally stunted way of dealing with things now where I just sweep it under the table and forget about it. And we don't talk about it really. And we probably should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you've, you seem to have handled it really well. 
did you go through any of that, you know, initial kind of despair and sadness and, and shock? Or was it less of a shock because you already knew that your dad wasn't your biological dad? Just, I'm, I'm curious about that. I think just because of my personality, I don't really get like shocked, I guess. I don't know. I do. I was shocked, but not in the way how I feel like a lot of people would be. It's just easy for me to shrug things off and not worry about it. And I, that's my go-to. I, I did go through some anger and I have gone through some sadness, but because I did know at such a young age, I do think that it has been easier for me Mm -hmm. as an adult when I found out that it wasn't who I thought it was. And since I had some relief there also, I think that kind of lessened that um, response to it. And I I think that most of my shock and hard times were gone through when I was a child. And I think that's when it really affected me the most. But I do think that because of the whole situation that I've had a really hard time in knowing who I am and in finding myself, I feel like I have had identity crisis each time something has happened, you know, so I'm like, oh, I'm on my fourth now. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That totally makes sense. I'm just like, I don't even know where I come from. So I don't know who I am and I don't know where I get these traits from or if I look like somebody or it's just been a lot. I actually start therapy. I decided I need to go to therapy and to deal with it. But to answer your original question, yes, I did have all of those emotions, but I don't really outwardly express them. I don't feel comfortable doing so. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I did express this stuff directly to my parents, I might freak out. (laughs) You know, that might be the time that I do kind of lose it because I have been camping it down for so long. Yeah. I don't really know how to deal with it, I guess. Mm -hmm. So kind of to your point about an identity crisis, have you had the opportunity to learn more about your grandparents, your great grandparents um, on your paternal side? And has he told you a bit about how he grew up and things like that? Yeah. So we have talked a little bit about how he grew up and he had what sounds like a great childhood. He grew up you know, running on a farm and stuff. And so that sounds really cool. Um, his dad um, has passed away, but he was a, an artist and I'm an artist and he had a gap in his teeth like I do. And so that was cool to find out. I don't know that much about his mom yet. She's still alive. I'm hoping that I get to meet her and um, my aunts and uncles soon. Uh, one of my aunts actually reached out to me and we've been talking, we have a lot in common and she's not LDS, so it's really easy for me to just let loose a little bit with her. But we've talked on the phone. And I was really curious about how I had told them all about it. And so I finally just asked her, I was like, so what did he say? What did he do when he told you guys? And she told me um, that he's, you know, more private than any of them are. He's like a more private person. And I just started laughing because... This right here is totally out of my comfort zone. I'm super private. Even my boyfriend with him, I can be really private and not sharing how I feel. It's a real issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I just had to laugh because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so freaking private. I must get that from him because my mom's not really private, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
he told me he just sat them all down at once and he was like, this is the situation. I hope that you'll support me as I walk down this road. And they were all really supportive, I guess. And they all want to meet me, which I didn't know. I didn't know he had told his mom. I knew that his brother Chad knew because we had talked, but I didn't know if he had told everybody else. I only knew that he had told his kids. And so when she reached out to me, I was really excited and we had a missed opportunity. I was at this concert in Salt Lake and she was there too. And she saw me and she wanted to come and say hello to me, but she didn't because she didn't know how I would react or my kids were there with me too. And she didn't want to cross any boundaries. And I was like, girl, I've known since I was eight years old, my kids all know they've known since they were little, they know that grandpa duck is grandpa duck, but that he's not my real dad. And like, it's not a secret. I wish she would have came, but I am glad that she had that respect for me as well. So. Yeah, that, that's great. Especially kind of what you were talking about, not wanting to be super overwhelmed and those kinds of things. Like, it's cool that she just instinctively respected your boundaries, um, even though you really would have been open to it. Mm. Yeah, it would, have been, it would have been cool to meet her. I do want to meet her. She's awesome. She has her own beautiful story. I don't want to share it because it's not mine to share, but she can relate to me in ways that the rest of the family can't because of some of her life experiences. And I think that's helped us. And she, when she told me that um, her mother and the, the other aunts and uncles wanted to meet me, it was so like over, it was overwhelming for me to hear it. And I was literally just like laughing and stuff. And then when she told me, I just like started bawling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cause I was like so happy, but it's overwhelming a lot for me. It is. Too. Yeah. What is your relationship like with your parents now, your mom and your dad that raised you? So I, you know, in my mind, I feel like I'm pretty close with both my parents. And for some people, I don't think they would consider a close relationship because it's like on a spectrum, you know, some people are way close with their parents and they know everything about everything that they're doing. My parents and I aren't like that. I'm very independent, you Mm -hmm. know, so. I do talk to my mom quite often. I don't really share a lot with my family though, because I'm very private and it's just how I've always been. And so we're close and we love each other, but I don't share like conflicts or problems with them. Sometimes I do share good things, but we're just, we're in my mind, that's close. Yeah. I know for some people it's not. My mom comes and stays at my house. My dad comes and visits when he has a chance. I don't talk to my dad that much on the phone, but when we're in person, we have a great bond and, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not home people, I guess. And he lives in Cedar city. So he lives pretty far from me. I feel like we're close based upon my idea of closeness. Mm -hmm. And you have, like you said, you have some of the anger, but it, it hasn't been something you've talked about with them yet. No, I haven't really talked with them about it. And I feel like we probably need to talk about it. It's a hard thing to talk about, though. For sure. Are they supportive of your relationship with... Yeah, I think. I mean, they haven't came out and really said, we don't really talk about it. (laughs) You know, so uh, I told them, you know, so obviously I'm a little close to my mom because the first thing I did was screenshot that to her, being like, what the hell, mom? You Mm -hmm. know, and she called me. But we've talked about it a little bit. She feels... I don't know how she feels about it. 
I think in some ways, maybe she's happy for me. She knows that I deserve to know who my birth family is. I think in some ways she might be a little threatened by it because it's scary for her too. You know, she, I'm her daughter and now she's going to have to share me with a whole other family too. Mm-hmm. And I think that she's scared. And I think also she might have some feelings about the fact that she doesn't remember him. That makes her feel a certain way. Yeah. You know? Some shame probably there. Yeah. And with my dad, I just told him I did a DNA test and it came back with my biological parent and it's not, it's this other guy and that's it. We haven't really talked about it again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's been about six months for you. How are you feeling now? Are your feelings mostly positive? Where are you at in your journey? So I feel really good about it. Jeez, it's, it's still overwhelming to me in a lot of ways, but it's not so much. I've been able to soak it in and accept it. There are times that it's harder than other times. Um, and I do have a lot of, I don't, regret isn't the right word, I guess, but I have a lot of thoughts and feelings on like how we talked about what it would have been like to be raised with him. Um, he is a great dad, you know, I definitely missed out on being raised by him because he's a great guy and he was a great dad, but at the same time, I have a great dad too. Yeah. And if I wasn't raised by him, I would have missed out on a lot. And so I constantly am throwing these thoughts back and forth and I just know you can't change it. And all you can do is move forward. I don't know if we're going to ever have a close relationship, like what I would like to have because I just, I don't know, like we don't talk a lot. We don't get together much. I'm going to see him and I'm some family. I'm not sure who's going to all be there on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. We're going to stop on our way home and have dinner with them. And so that's going to be fun and exciting. Mm -hmm. I think that they're doing the best that they can with the time that they have available and with what they're comfortable with. And so I have to be willing to accept that. And maybe they're like me. Maybe they're waiting for me to reach out to them because they don't want to overwhelm me. Right. right. And so I don't really know how to handle the situation. It's just such, such new territory and I don't know how to, what to do. I have no clue. There's no handbook. <laughs> There's no handbook for us. But, yeah. And everybody reacts to it different. So you can have four siblings, three who really want to get to know you, but then there's going to be that one that's like, well, like, I'm happy that you found your dad, and I'm happy that my dad found out, but I really don't care, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah, yeah. What advice would you give parents or a mother of a child who maybe doesn't know about their NPE status? They need to tell them. The truth is the only way to go. You're you deserve to know where you come from. And even if that person isn't a part of your life, you still deserve to know. And to you deserve to base your conclusions of that person on how you feel about them instead of how other people feel about them also. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just, I feel like I've seen this so much, even in my own family, there's other people that don't know who their dad is. And not in my direct, not my kids, mm-hmm. but like I have a, had a niece who she unfortunately is deceased now, but she didn't know 
growing up her whole life who her real father is. And I believe wholeheartedly that it affected her for the worse, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's not right and it's not fair to hide the truth. We deserve to know and we deserve to make our own decisions on whether we want to have a relationship or not. And I think it's incredibly selfish to, to do that to somebody. And it really throws you for a loop when you find out. And it's really hard and heartbreaking. Yeah. What advice would you give someone who just found out that they are an NPE? Don't overthink it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't overthink it. And you have to realize that all those things that you're feeling, that parent and that parent's family is feeling them too. It might not be exactly the same, but they're having feelings of turmoil and feelings of being overwhelmed and it might not be easy for them. People just need time. Well, Wendy, I wish you the best of luck on your journey. Thank you so much for being open and sharing your story. I'm sure it will help people that are in similar situations. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It was really great. Awesome. I'm happy to finally have talked about it really and get it out a little. Thanks again to Wendy for sharing her story. If you have a DNA surprise that you'd like to share, please email dnasurprises at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Until next time.